The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Sea, and today we are going to talk about how to create a high-converting outbound sales cadence. You know, if any sales rep, the, the cadence is the most important part of your outreach as it gets things going into a rhythm and improves the chances of success. So today, we're going to get into all the fine details you need into your cadence and so much more. Now, I love to know, where are you guys tuning in from? Go ahead and throw it in the chat. We're usually worldwide, so I'd love to see it. And also, make sure your chat is set to everyone. So click that blue button for me on your chat and switch it to everyone. I'm already seeing here tons of people. We got Maximilian from Germany. Welcome. Sierra from Savannah. Welcome. And we also have Alexander from Berlin. Great music out there. Welcome. Love to have you here. Now, we also have an incredible host for you all today. We have Charlotte Johnson. She's an account executive of small SMB at SalesLoft. Welcome, Charlotte. Now, <laughs> Charlotte, when it comes to building out cadences, what do you feel most reps are missing? I think having personalization at the beginning of a cadence is pretty easy, but I think where reps start to struggle is to maintain not just personalization, but also relevance towards the end of the cadence as well. So we'll be talking a little bit more today about how we can continue that personalization without having to put as much energy into that later stages of the cadence as well. All right. I'm excited to get right into it. So before we do, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help you with our Sell Better Daily Sales Show, our membership with instant access to training resources, and or corporate sales trainings for you and your team. Check us out at sellbetter.xyz or go ahead and scan this QR code below so that you can find out more information. Now, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So big shout out to Zoom Info and Sendoso. And of course, our drop of the day, we have Sendoso Express. If you guys need to get in touch with your prospect, use Sendoso Express to break through the noise. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the chat be sure to check it out. It's uh, pretty pretty awesome. And of course, let's just go over really quick what we are going to be speaking on. But before I do, I want to know, who is in the room? Do we have SDRs? Do we have AEs, frontline managers, or senior leadership? Based on this, will help me decide what questions to ask. So be sure to fill this out for me, guys, and I would love to see the results. So what are we going to be speaking on? We're going to be breaking down the anatomy of a high-converting uh, cadence. What does that look like? How does it actually work so that way it does achieve its result? And lastly, what do you do when your prospect is no longer in that cadence? You throw them in another one, you tell them sayonara, what is going to be the move and what you should do next? So I'm already seeing here, we have tons of SDRs. Charlie, does this surprise you at all? Mm, no, but I think it, and it, a trend we're seeing is it's increasingly like, important for account executives to also be prospecting as well. So no surprise, I'm seeing some account executives in there as well. All right. Well, welcome, guys. It's great to have you here. And let's get right into it. So you want to have a good sale, um, cadence and you want to build it out correctly. But one of the most important parts is to create a template that has triggers. Can you tell me more about this, Charlotte? 
Yeah, this is crucial. I think this is going to be a pretty big part in like standards best sales practice eventually, but I don't see a huge amount of people doing it today. So creating a trigger template is basically taking those persona-based or industry-based templates to the next level, saying things like, hey, first name, I can see you're in marketing, just isn't enough today to get a reply. So those trigger templates is taking it, and we're going to show an example, is taking it to that next level. So finding those common personalization things you find out when researching someone. For us, it's things like hiring. It will be things like expansion into new markets and creating templates around those. So especially in the later stages of the cadence, you can insert them. And it's going to be specific enough that it's more one-to-one, but it's going to be generic enough that you can scale it to multiple people as well. Fantastic. Now, let's go over that example you mentioned. So when you build it out, break this down for me. What does this look like? The spacing, does it matter? Yeah, probably on the longer end, if I'm being honest. I've been using uh, Lavender recently, if you've heard of it. And it's made me realize that all of my emails are 100% too long. And they have a mobile like viewpoint. So this is definitely too long and Lavender would probably give me a bad rating for it. But it is just an example and it gives you a good indication of what I mean. So all you can see here is the only thing I'm having to insert as a rep is what market they're expanding into. So this would be an example for me if I see someone expanding into a new market from their funding announcement or maybe within... Um, their sales team, I can see a lot of new hires in a specific market. So in the later stages of the cadence, all you're going to do is you're going to insert that template, fill in the blanks, which for this will take you about two seconds. From your research notes as well, it means that you won't have to re-research. Insert the blanks and then send a next. Really scalable, especially if you're only having to insert one thing, insert a new market, that will take you like three seconds. Now, when it comes to the trigger template, what does this look like in a flow? Like, do you have your uh, sales nav kind of give you a notification that, oh, this person's changed jobs, this person's in a new market, uh, and then you add them to this very specific cadence that has this template within it? No, so this will be a template that you insert, you physically insert it at the later stages. I used to build out my cadence with different persona-led cadences, but for me personally, I found it most effective to have everyone in one. Mm. So what that allows me to do is instead of having templates later on in the cadence, it's actually blank and it'll just say insert trigger template. From my research notes, and we'll show you an example in a minute, you'll be able to know exactly which trigger template to insert from, from your notes. But For me, there's like six common areas I can go when I research someone. And from that, I have like a hypothesis and challenge around what uh, what they might be struggling with or what they might be focused on. So that's how you can build out your trigger template library. Um, But the best thing and the best way to do this is actually just sit down with the team. Don't build it out alone. Do it with your team. Sit down and talk about the common the common templates or the common personalization um, triggers or reasons why you're reaching out to people. Again, for me, it's things like you're hiring SDRs, you're hiring AEs, or even right now, I've created a new one around you've reduced your headcount. So chances are you might be focused on making that existing team more efficient and productive as you're still going to have pretty large targets, but you have a lower headcount. So you can create them as you go along. But over time, you will have a library full of them. And then when you get to that person at the later stage of the cadence, you just insert the relevant template and move on to the next. Love that. Now, I want to hear from our audience. 
Do you guys use trigger templates yourselves? Put a one in the chat if you do, and put a two if you guys have not, but you're looking to start doing it. I would love to see some of these answers. I'm already seeing a lot of twos, actually. So it looks like this could be very useful to our audience, uh, the utilization of some trigger templates that can go in in the later stages of your cadence. Now let's talk a little bit more about this research piece. So when you want to know what to put in there, is this kind of how you divide your research? Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, depending on the tiers is going to be how much research I put within this. Um, but I like to heading it so it's really easy for me to digest. My goal is to do my research once and then I shouldn't have to be doing it every single time I reach out to that person. So I want to make sure it's clear enough that whether I'm on step one or step 50, no matter what step I'm doing, I know exactly what to be personalizing with. So this makes it really clear for me to know what is happening within this company. And it's also given me some personal um, initiatives about this person. They have a lovely little doggy named Rufus, which is really powerful today. Uh, you could use Sendoso for stuff like that. You can you can use a little uh, dog gift for someone. But then this is the important part at, at the end. When I get to that trigger template, that step within the cadence, I don't want to remember which ones to insert. So here, you're telling future you exactly which ones to be inserting and exactly which ones to be focusing on. So when for this scenario, for this person, when you get to the later stages in the cadence, you know exactly which ones to be inserting. And you don't have to waste time thinking, mm, what do I know about this person? What do they do? It's literally there in your notes to, to insert it later on. This is when scaling and personalization at scale becomes really, really easy. Because actually expanding into new markets, hiring SDRs and recent growth in SDR team are three very good emails that you can insert to make your cadence longer. And you don't have to just use it in an email. You can use it in LinkedIn or over the phone as well. But again, you're prompting yourself exactly what to say later on in the cadence. I really like this. And how long would you say you should spend per person researching? Should it be like two minutes, five minutes? Some people do 15 yeah, I would, uh, unless you're target, and it depends who you target, right? If you have a target, which is based on, I don't know, pipeline or something, and you have a lower target because you're targeting larger enterprise companies, then naturally enterprise companies are probably public and there's more like annual reports that you'll need to sift through. For me, I target um, below a thousand. Um, so anyone up to a thousand I can target. And um, I used to spend a lot longer, but a little hack, which I love, and I still do it to this day, and it might be a little bit sad, but I don't care, is I time myself on all of my activities that I do. So whether I'm doing a follow-up, whether I'm sending someone a video, whether I'm doing research, I am timing myself. So I probably used to spend maybe about 10 minutes, and I've got it down to about five, six minutes for a good account. And I know exactly where I need to be looking. And it just comes really repeatable and easy. Um, so yeah, I recommend timing yourself. But for me, about five minutes. All right. So when it comes to this, I like how you said you're going to be doing this and you want to kind of be reactive as well. I know you mentioned this in the pre-call. Can you tell me more about that? Do you have to do all your activities just within the cadence? Should you be doing things outside of the cadence? Yeah, definitely outside. Internally, we book maybe like 20 to 30% of our meetings from what we call being reactive. And all being reactive is, is being reactive to a certain scenario. That certain scenario could be someone clicking and engaging on an email that you've sent. In that scenario, we're going to pick up the phone and we're going to give that person a call. 
if they don't answer the phone, we might send them a templated email that says, hey, I can see you're clicking on the video or the email that I sent you. Is this you laughing at my awful prospecting skills or is something I've said caught your attention? This is being reactive. Like, I see someone's clicking. I'm not just going to wait for them to crop up in the next step of my cadence. I'm going to utilize that intent. I'm going to give them a call. And if they don't answer, I'm going to send them an email. The other thing you can use is, and I would probably just do this for your tier one accounts. In Sales Navigator, you can create lead lists. And um, so I have a lead list of my tier one accounts. So whenever they're going through hiring or they have a, a new senior leadership change or they have funding or whatever it might be, I'll get notified and I'm not again going to wait to the next step in the cadence. I'm just going to send them a one-off email or a one-off call or a one-off LinkedIn message around that trigger that I found useful. Fantastic. Now, I would love to hear from our audience, what engagement tool do you guys use? We got a question here for you. These are very important. Do you guys even use an engagement tool? You're still doing the spreadsheet life? No shame. Let us know in the chat. Or we got to just fill this out and let us know. So how about the structuring of this cadence? Like what should this timing be? Should it be like reach out first day, immediately reach out the third day? What do you think works best? You repeat the question. I was just reading um, Alyssa's message around where are you storing your research notes? Yes. Uh, Would you like to give yeah, it for now? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So if you're using a sales engagement, no matter what you're using, I see like Lemless, I see Mailshake, you should be able to pin your notes to the top of that person's page within your tool that you're using. If you're using Salesloft, you can definitely use it. So I have it pinned, my research notes at the top of the page. So even if I have an abundance of activity on that person, I can still see the research top of mind and I don't have to store it in an Excel or something like that. Okay. Fantastic. There's, you know, um, having... <laughs> there's studies that you can't read and listen at the same time. And it's so true. It is why like when you're on a call and you get prompts, you can't listen to what they're saying. And uh, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's very important that you pointed it out that you can actually store it within your engagement tool and just have it pop up when you're speaking to people. And I'm already seeing here that it's pretty even across the board that people are using sales loft, outreach, HubSpot at a pretty even percentile, 30%, 24%, and 27%. So it's great to see there's some distribution here. Definitely get on an engagement solution if you guys aren't on one now. It really helps you with your research and reaching out effectively. So when building out the cadence structure, what do you recommend people do? I think a lot of people are looking for this tactical vision for, okay, first day, third day, yeah. seventh day. What do you think works best? Yeah, it's important to note there's not like a one-fit-all strategy. Like we're probably all selling to, and there's people globally on this webinar, we're probably all selling into different geographies, different industries, different personas. So actually what works for you might not necessarily work for me and vice versa. So I think you can start with, and this is why sales engagement solutions are so important, is because it's going to allow you to give you the data to make changes to that process. But you can find online, and, and I mean, Salesoft has loads of different cadence frameworks that you can take out of the box that are free online. Um, but typically, it needs to be over around 30 days, and we need to be having at least 14 steps. Um, our SDR cadence internally is 21 steps. 
and um, mine as an account executive is about 10 maybe and then I will pass that lead on to the SDR if I don't get a hold of them. But um, the important steps that I've seen, not just me, but other companies and industries getting um, success from is triple tapping on day one. So having that call, that email and that LinkedIn step all on day one. There are studies and I can't quote something, otherwise I'd just be making it up. But there is a studies that it increases your reply rates. It's, it's like a ridiculous figure as well. Like it massively increases your reply rates. And how I like to see it is kind of similar to advertising. If you're getting bombarded on one day from um, ASOS on your email, ASOS via push notification, and then you drive past a bus which has ASOS on it, you're going to be like, oh, I want to have a little shop on ASOS as an example. So it's the same with using different channels and having them on, on, on a single day. So that first day, having a, a triple touch. Day two, I will have an in-mail. And then on day three, I will have any thoughts. After that, in my opinion, what steps you have in what order, I haven't seen a huge amount of difference with what day they're on. Um, but as long as you're not just after that step, just bombarding email, as long as you have it evenly distributed and you're using calls, emails, and LinkedIn messages, actually, after that day, I think as long as you're spacing them out as well, don't send five emails in one day, as long as you're spacing it out as well, um, it doesn't matter massively, but again, this is where your analytics come into play. You'll be able to see if certain channels or certain steps are attributing to opportunities, or if they're not, or maybe we need to take them away. Okay. So be sure to write that down, everyone. Make sure to triple touch within your first few days. That way you improve the chances of getting a reply significantly, which is really tactical and great to hear. Now, when it comes to going towards people that are above the power line, I know they can be a little bit selective, especially when it comes to who they want to speak to. A lot of times they feel like if they're not speaking with another executive that they have no reason why why they should be speaking with you in the first place. How can you get over this? I saw you spoke about drafting on behalf. Can you yeah. tell me more about it? So we do this within our cadence step. So what we'll do is we will try and get another name from sales loft in front of that person. So if I'm an SDR, I might ask my AE to do this. Or if I'm an account executive like myself, I might ask my manager or my director to do this. Mm. Like you mentioned, having a CTO to a CTO increases, I don't know why, but it just increases your chances of getting a reply, same as CEO to CEO. There's some kind of like barrier in people's brains where they don't really want to um, reply to someone's less less senior than them. Um, so for some reason, this works really well. But what we do is within that step in the cadence is we use a tool within SalesLoft and it's free if you um, go into SalesLoft Labs. It's called Draft on Behalf. So what this allows you to do is to draft an email, as the name says, on behalf of someone else. But it doesn't mean that you have to like copy and paste an email to them, tell them exactly who they need to reach out to. Draft on Behalf is going to do that for you. So when you're sending it to maybe your CMO, as an example, they just have to click a link. It's going to populate the email for them. And all they have to do is press send and make any edits that they want to do. So it's allowing that executive alignment to be a lot easier um, and also allowing you to increase your chances of getting a reply. I did it with one of um, the SDRs I was working with. We would do this like where I would reach out to the same people he was reaching out to 
And it was crazy the level of replies we got just from multi-threading from our side. So definitely worth doing it. And if you can get a CTO to a CTO, CEO to a CEO, et cetera, then it's definitely worth doing it. But I do this via both email, but also on LinkedIn as well. For me, I might get my manager to reach out to someone and say, um, hey, um, my AE Charlie has been reaching out to you. Um, you're currently in step 17 of her um, cadence. I'm wondering if your reps are able to follow a process as consistently as, as she is, question mark, something like that. I like that. Now I see you had this example here for us. So is this kind of like what you were mentioning? Like we have her, she's got it on the 13th step already. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> they like, if that person can be so consistent, like, can your reps be as consistent because our reps are using sales loft essentially, but obviously tailor the message to, um, to your product, et cetera. Um, yeah. But that makes sense. Now I see here that. Lindsay is actually asking, do you change your message dramatically for LinkedIn versus email or do you make them kind of the same? So what's important to know, and I should have probably noted this before, is when you're sending and what I do when I'm sending my emails, my LinkedIn, when I'm leaving a voicemail is I'm directing that person to the other channel that I'm sending them. So my cadence step is I add them on LinkedIn first and what I do is I add a bit of research and I'll be like, hey, really exciting that you've just hired this person as a CMO. Um, wondering if, I don't know, following up with these more efficiently is top of mind. Anyway, emailing a video to expand, wish me luck getting a reply. And then I will send them an email. So they're almost expecting my email. And then I'll give them a call. Oh, it's fine that I didn't catch you at the right time. I'll send over an email or a LinkedIn or whatever it is. I'll send her an email or a LinkedIn this week. So uh, look out for my name. So the messaging is sl is slightly different. Obviously on LinkedIn, personally, I have it. My emails are really informal as well. But on LinkedIn, you can just be a lot more informal, but you need to have it shorter and to the point. I don't think you can actually get away with that typical sales structure. Like, hi, first name. I saw on LinkedIn that the challenge. I don't think you can get away with that. You need to be a lot more punchy to the point on, on LinkedIn, um, which is what is working for me. All right. Now, sometimes prospects just don't reply. And we come into the struggle bus of we don't know what to do with them once they've reached that 30-day mark in their cadence. What should you do once a prospect's officially left your cadence? Yeah, so we tried this internally. We tried to um, just add people after the cadence to a nurture cadence where we were sending them like useful content. And by useful, I don't just mean like internal sales love content. I mean like here's a really useful article even from like Gong or from Clary, like I, it doesn't really matter if it's a competitor. Like if they've done useful content, I'm going to send it to people. Or here's a really great webinar that Josh Braun did or whatever it might be. And um, we tried to do that, but we didn't really see a, a huge amount of replies or meetings from that approach. So what we've done instead of, instead of putting them straight into a nurture is that we will give them a breather for a month and either try and prospect them ourselves again, or we're going to pass them over to someone else within the team. What this allows is just like that draft on behalf example is they're seeing a different name from the same company. So they're going to increase their chances of getting a bit more curious and familiar with you. So don't be stingy over your accounts, like share them with your team and get them to share them with you because then you have a higher chance of getting a reply. But if someone replies to me in that cadence, and they're like, look, timing is really off. 
that's when I'm going to add them to a nurture cadence. But for me personally, I don't add someone to an, into a nurture cadence unless they've physically spoken to me. Okay, I like that a lot. Um, I'm adding a link in the chat. So on Sales Off Labs, you can see the draft on behalf there. If you scroll down, it's the first left one. Um, it's free, so you can download it from there. And all it's doing, I've seen a few questions. Um, it's all it's doing is you write the email, you populate the email, what it's going to look like, and then you're going to insert draft on behalf, and it's going to populate as a link, and then you're going to send that to um, whoever your CMO, CEO, or whoever you want to send send the email on behalf of. Fantastic. And for those of you who don't use any tool, you could also draft this email and then ask your internally your CMO and be like, hey, this is the email and just have consistent communication and what your objective is that you're trying to accomplish so you can actually make it happen. Uh, luckily, we do have tools here that make life a little bit easier. Which free though. This one's free. Anyone can <laughs> use it. So whether you're on Excel, whether you're using Outreach, you can use this tool for free. So you don't have to have sales off with it, which is really pretty great. Fantastic. So what about when you should give up? Is there a moment when you're like, you know, I've too much. I'm just time to let go. I just got to cut ties. Does that actually exist? And should you do it? Yeah, it's a good question. I if someone is a great fit account, I just don't want to give up on them. I've had people that I've prospected for about a year and it was only then when they got back to me and they're like, yeah, I've been enjoying the emails that you sent me. And I was like, you know who I am? Um, and I've had scenarios where people have taken meetings with me and, I'm, and they're like, yeah, 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 I've enjoyed your content. I was like, but you haven't replied to me once. Um, so actually, timing is a big thing for companies. Like Companies might not be ready for a sales engagement solution or they might actually have a competitor for a pretty long time frame. But it doesn't mean that I shouldn't be top of mind. I don't want um, Mulberry to stop sending me these handbags that they're sending me because actually timing isn't right for me. But I am going to eventually buy one. It's just not yet. So they need to keep persevering with me and I will eventually buy one. And if they stop, and another little cute handbag comes in the top of my inbox, I might be more persuaded to go with them. So personally, no, I don't think you should give up. Um, if someone literally has zero engagement, zero open clicks and replies, I might be tempted to, but still, no, actually, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I'm not giving up. Pass it with the team. Everyone give it a go. Exec alignment. I just think you can get a reply from everyone if you try hard enough. All right. Now, guys, we will be going to Q&A here very shortly, so be sure to drop it in the, the Q&A section if you have a question so we can get right into it. Now, one of the last questions I have is when it comes to passing leads off to a colleague, what does this flow look like? Do you have this lead and you reach out to the SDR directly or do you just set an Asana task for them? What does it look like to you on your end? Yeah, we just use Slack and um, I'll be to an SDR or to an AE or whatever. I'll just Slack them the account and be like, do you want to swap this for one of your accounts? I did this. We did this a lot as SDRs. We'd finish working an account and then we'd be like, um, I've got a really good account that's finished my cadence. Does anyone have another one that we can swap with? And you swap wow. and then that's it. Yeah. Love that. I would love to hear from our audience. Put a one in the chat if you guys currently do this with your team and put a two if you don't but you may want to start incorporating it. I think this is so pivotal into improving communication within the teams and actually making sure that you can close some more deals. So this is great to see. I'm already seeing some ones and a lot of twos actually. So definitely being underutilized. So try to make this process because it is really, really useful. 
So let's just get into some quick Q&A here. But before we do, Charlotte, where can the people find you? Yeah, LinkedIn, Charlotte Johnson. Oh, I could probably get a link in there before the end of the day. But yeah, end of the day, end of the session. Yeah, LinkedIn <laughs> main channel that you can uh, get hold of me. If you're not too happy with your lem list, do your outreach, you know where I am. <laughs> Fantastic. So we went ahead and dropped her link in the chat there. Be sure to check her out and give her a follow. So let's get right into the Q&A. We got a little bit of time here left. Um, Kevin, Kelvin is asking, what's the biggest difference between selling a tool, SaaS, versus selling a service, uh, web development design? Interesting question, Kelvin. What do you think? I'll say that I can answer that. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest one here is at its core, you still have sales elements that can be used for both. Yeah. It's really just how well you know each of them and how you pitch it. That's where the difference is. But at the end of the day, you're going to be using the same sales skills across both boards. So yeah. really learn. I think, I think with services, it's massively on like making sure you're using like, it's just like, it's, I think it's similar. Like you just have to like make sure the challenges that you're saying are resonating with them, right? If you're selling a service, it's probably to save someone time or probably to make sure that the tool that they have in place is being used most optimally. So yeah, I think it's similar challenges probably. Um, but yeah, not too much experience with that one, unfortunately. All right. And oh. last question, what are your thoughts on using the trigger-based templates at the start of the cadence as opposed to later on? So personally, for my step one in my cadence, I send a personalized video. And the reason for that is we know from our analytics that that converts us the highest amount of replies. So I'm always going to use that. If it's a tier two or a tier three account, then yeah, there's no reason why you can't start with a trigger-based template. But personally, videos don't take me that long. Neither does a one-to-one -one personalized email. So I just think it, when email is so saturated today, I just think that first email does need to just have a little bit of extra effort to stand out. And, and once you've done that and they've seen that, then it doesn't really matter as much in the later stages if it has a little bit less personalization. But yeah, I always just think put like that little bit more effort into that first outreach and it, it really does like get you returns. So. Fantastic. Well, everyone, you heard it here first. Make sure that you personalize, get the relevance. You also have some trigger templates and lay out your cadence correctly. And lastly, don't give up on your prospects. You can hand them off to other colleagues and improve your flow within this process so that you can improve your chances of success. So this brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for joining us here today. It's been a great conversation. And thank you so much to our audience for tuning in. And we will, of course, catch you all on the next one. See you later. Thanks for having me. <laughs>